Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Have you ever like, channeled those frustrations into your music when it kind of comes to the political side of things and, and where things are at in America at the moment? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's always something that we include, never necessarily directly. Yeah. I, th- I think it's like, I know I've written about like an imbalance of power, but it, and it derived from something more personal, but I was able to like kind of see it more broadly, like in that sense. But uh, I don't think I've ever like on the nose, like addressed political stuff like straight on but definitely like kind of hinted at it it's interesting when you can kind of draw that parallel like you say between a small event that's kind of going on in your life and then a broader thing that relates pretty closely you could, I mean you could look at that with a new ep you know calling it worried about you the you in the title could be a specific person or it, or it could be america yeah it could be a lot of things definitely that's the sentiment though it's just like you know we've got whoever's back who's like feeling like they've been counted out or whatever this new EP, it feels like a very kind of whole, complete, rounded thought. You know, you've got the three songs, you've got the three videos, quite, you know, sharp and concise in terms of how the music has arrived into the world. At what point was an EP on the cards for you this year? Was it something you always kind of had in your head or was it something that emerged at one point in the year? At what point did you know it was coming? When we put out the album, that was what relieved us of our contract with Polyvinyl. We had like a loose plan to release music independently this year. So it just kind of came about naturally after that. It was, it's something that we were kind of nostalgic for with like our old releases, how easy it was just to do it all ourselves and put it out and not have to worry about, you know, turning it in six months early or this or that, you know. 
it, it caters a lot more to the artists to be independent. So I think we were just excited to embrace that again. Well, I mean, you sat on the last record for almost a year, didn't you? Like after you finished it before it came out. Yeah. And the one before that was like two years. Man. So it's, yeah, it's nice to kind of finish things and get them out within a quicker cycle. When did you finish the CP then? Like in relation to it coming out? Sometime over the summer. With there's some weird, uh, like legal stuff that we had with polyvinyl. So we had to wait to really start working on anything new. Cause it, I think that there was like six months after the album came out, we still were like not allowed to put music out or something. So I guess like in August we did it. When was the last time you'd self-released something prior to this new EP? 2016, I think. The singles we did, and they're on Spotify uh, called The Garden Series, but we did three singles with B-sides in the spring of 2016. I think that was a lot. Are we, we released a special moment which was off of uh, Castle in 2017. We did that independently, but then that kind of like got retracted or so. I forget what happened. But yeah, that that would have been the last time we released something independently. That was when everything changed. Has releasing things independently changed in the interim? Was it a different process this time around putting it out? It's a lot like smoother. We're not worried about doing things a specific way for anybody. We're just doing what we want. And it's a lot faster. You, I mean, you could upload something on distribution, have it come out like in two days. You know? So it's a lot less pressure. And the anxiety that you get when you're like waiting for something to come out is actually like miserable. So I'm glad that that's kind of in the past. Just from like self-doubt or what sort of things feeling that anxiety? Yeah, I guess, I mean, especially like you're always when things are like two year a year or two years after you conceptualize them there's just so much about them that you have thought to change that you're not allowed to change and it's just like you're constantly changing and you're constantly learning especially like as like a like a mixing engineer it's just there's so many things that i can hardly like listen back because all i can think about is everything that i would want to change about the mix and stuff like that you know it's just I think it's just, it's best for artists to finish something and put it out immediately. That way it like really captures that moment in time rather than releasing something and it's brand new to all these people, but it's, you know, you finished it and you've been having to sit with it for like a year and you can only think about all the things that you want to change about it anymore. Can you use it to fuel you in any way though? Like if you're writing music in the interim, can you kind of incorporate which maybe what maybe unsatisfied you about something you've put out and try and rectify it in another release? I think once things come out, I have a good feeling of what to do next. While I'm waiting for something to come out, it's like just a lot of, you know, back and forth. Not that I like don't like the way that the old music sounds or anything, it's just, you know, it becomes extremely overanalyzed when you wait. Can it ever surprise you though? Like, have you listened? Well, I mean, when was the first time, like, for instance, when was the last time you listened to the first record? I haven't listened to it in a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't even tell you last time I listened to it. I mean, we we play some of the songs, and that's always fun, you know. Live is playing the songs live is always fun. But yeah, I haven't listened to those recordings in years, probably. It'd be interesting to go back and see how they sound now. You'd probably kind of look at them in a completely different way again. Totally. I mean, when I hear like when I hear the music come on like in a venue 
or like someone's playing it through a speaker, it doesn't bother me at all. I can kind of like just listen to it like a normal person. But yeah, if I'm like on my own, I'm like in my bedroom and I'm like, it's really just the comparisons, you know, when I like compare the, the work that we've done to like other things that I look up to and I just like, you know, you kind of just start to go down a rabbit hole about the shortcomings of it. I think if you're out on a boat and it comes on like you see in a venue as well, it kind of catches you by surprise and you've not really built yourself up, you know, you're not, it's not like you're going in to listen to it and mentally thinking, kind of preparing yourself for it a little bit. It just catches you in the moment, so it's a little bit easier, maybe. Totally. And it's like, uh, you can just listen to it as a song and you're like seeing it, seeing other people listen to it and just, you know, people don't pay that much attention to music. Like no one's like thinking about all the details of all the little instruments while they're listening to a song the way you do when it's something you created. The moments where you get to just actually listen to it as music, those are those are great. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when you're like mixing a song, it's like already good or bad without you really doing much to it. But you can like in the case that it's good, you're just gonna like make it even better. But you have no idea and like yeah, it's 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 funny. Uh, yeah, people really don't care as much as people mixing do it's uh it's a crazy process is that ever a tough thing to adjust to like how how important do you think it is that people know how much kind of work went into something and how much you know tweaking there was i mean i i don't want people to know how much work goes into this the things that sound the best like he was saying already sound good so it's like all these little like crazy unnoticeable mixing moves that happen behind the scenes it's just like and at the end of the day, they're a distraction from what the song sounds like, you know. For someone to listen to it, I'm, I'm glad that they just listen to the one version and they're not thinking about all the different ways that it could sound, you know. I guess it's because you've tied a lot of your own experiences to it as well. Like, it's going to evoke a different, me- like, it's tied to certain memories for you. When you hear it, it's going to evoke certain things in you that, it, you know, it's never going to evoke in anyone else. Totally, yeah. And then other people are going to have the things that they think about every time they hear the song you know what I mean that's like the the coolest part about it when I really think about like another person listening to it you know like if they had had a bad day and that song like gave them a little relief and that day I feel like that's something that they'll never forget and there's always the rest of their life you know I have that with a bunch of songs and albums you know just things that just I associate with good feelings because uh, they hit me at the right time where are you taking back to them when you hear you know the latest ap what's the kind of overall image that it conjures up in your head when you first hear it or you first think about it oh uh, like just quarantine this ep is like the first time that we've had to do like a really bedroomy production setup in a while and we were all separated at the time when quarantine first happened it's just a lot of like isolation feelings from the ep which i assume that a lot of people are probably gonna have that association with it that's kind of like what went into the worried about you title you know trying to make sure people realize that they're not alone in their struggles yeah for sure it bleeds into the songwriting of it as well when you kind of look at the lyrical context of the ep you can really hear that idea of isolation about it Yeah, yeah totally so you so it was completely done in bedrooms being apart from each other. I think so. Yeah, I mean the drums were 
our friends in a band called Slow Pulp. West did the drums with Teddy and Jake at their practice uh, spot. And then everything else was bedroomy. How did that work for you guys? Because a lot of your stuff, I think when you were writing, did it not often start off with like jams and stuff? And kind of just figuring the songs out together in a live room? Well, for two of them, I feel like we had demos for them. Like for Three Degrees and Caving In, we had demos. And we kind of like had all kind of agreed on a structure for those. And we jammed before quarantine. Yeah. We we had been playing with the song, You Know Better. While we were practicing to go on tour, we would kind of jam that one in between when everyone's kind of like tired of focusing. So yeah, that one definitely, it all kind of, all the songs came together a, at least a little bit before we were all isolated. Do you still do the wee jam bits as well when you're performing live? You know, kind of at the start of the set and in between the songs and stuff? Yeah, totally. When was the last time you guys jammed in a room together? Maybe the other, like the other week. We've been going into our practice space to jam and make new stuff four of us are all back in chicago at this point so we've been able to kind of form a quarantine bubble together what was the kind of gap in the interim how long were you out of that that practice space for how long had you what was the kind of gap you went without jamming together like five months or something yeah like six months i think is that the longest you've gone yeah that was i mean yeah that was uh it was a whole new thing you know a total uh shock compared to what we thought this year would hold back in like january february yeah well, i remember when we did we did that interview in glasgow when you guys were supporting cage and you there was a real kind of sense of excitement it was that everything was kind of the momentum was starting to really gather for the year and stuff yeah totally it's like new our new album came out right then like we landed in where we land i think we landed in the netherlands our album came out that day and it, yeah it was all very exciting. Those were we had never been on a tour like that before. That was a really big thing for us. I mean, it's all like, yeah, it all it feels so funny now to even think about that. But I yeah, I remember that show and that interview. Yeah, we had no idea what was coming. Although it was like we were, or what I wasn't really paying attention, but Wes was paying attention, and there was like it every city that we would leave like we would read about like a coronavirus case spike there like a week after we had left so it was kind of like you know it was starting back then for sure yeah well thank i think that was if i remember rightly the date because i think that was the 17th of february maybe the 16th or 15th or something it was around the middle of february and a month later the uk had gone into lockdown and everyone was in quarantine yeah same here a month uh March 13th is the day that our tour got canceled and that's the day that people started going into uh, lockdown here or it wasn't lockdown immediately but it was like venues over a certain size shows at venues over like 250 people were banned or whatever whatever the proper word is for it so yeah it was all about the same time I guess. It's interesting as well I'm, I'm just thinking again about how all of this was done you know kind of remotely in bedrooms how did you go about the vocals on Caving In? Because is that real kind of group slightly communal feel to them, you know, as the song kind of moves on? I just, I was just layering harmonies over my voice, just using a, a 421, what was it, Sure, Sennheiser. Sen, a Sennheiser yeah. 421 microphone that I had taken from our studio before lockdown. Yeah, I was just doing doing some harmonies to kind of like, give it a little more color in certain parts like embellish or like exaggerate certain words or 
highlight certain certain parts. I mean, it feels like in terms of like the main vocal on that as well, you're pushing yourself in kind of different directions to previously when it you know when it comes to vocals of it and the tones and the kind of thing you're going for. Yeah, like a really high pitched, like fal- almost falsetto, like really soft. Yeah, just felt right for that song. Were there alternate versions of that song, or was that just was that kind of there from the off? Did that come straight away? That was pretty much straight up. Yeah, because uh, that song is really like let's it's like intro verse chorus verse chorus bridge and then like another chorus and then like a solo or something or yeah it's really like pretty pretty easy to to jot down really quick so yeah i think that was like the first first iteration the vocals on the ep are one of the things that kind of really stood out to me when i first listened to it and it kind of like i was saying there with that song and as well as the others you know it feels like you're pushing yourself in different directions like if you think of something like you know better the vocals are kind of mixed a little bit lower how did that kind of impact the emotional so- the emotion of the song when you put them there kind of closer to the bottom of the mix and you guys would maybe normally go for that was the vision for it i think it's all like i don't know if we feel like we really got the vocals right on fmg because they kind of lacked like the feeling so i think we were just trying to make sure that everything we did on this EP had a little more of like the emotional realness to them. You know, not like we weren't really going for like these big, bright pop vocals. We were more so like just trying to capture the, in that song, I think that there's like a character that Jake had in mind, mopey sort of self-ridiculing person who like is in a, a spiral and he's like trying to, you know, crack himself out of it. Especially being in isolation, I think that that song is we he was, we, the vocals are low because we're trying to capture that like somber sort of feeling. I think you you do that as well because as you go through the song, they're quite un, they're, you know they're kind of an unchanged constant throughout tonally, whilst the soundscape you know kind of morphs around them and goes on a whole journey of its own. Totally, yeah. He I, he didn't want them to be like in your face, you know. So we're yeah. we're like building up the instrumentation around them. And they're kind of like, if you want to listen to them, they're there, but they're not sticking out and getting all in your face. You know? It's interesting as well, you know, the reflection that you were speaking about when it comes to uh, forward motion goddessy and how you were maybe a little bit unsatisfied with the vocals on it looking back. Were there any other revelations that you had about that record when listening back to it that then went on to kind of inform this EP? guitar tone like making for forward motion goddessy we would we like recorded a lot of guitars clean thinking that we were gonna like affect them afterwards like in mixing and then we found that that was like what like this not as good so just like the, the there's a phrase in recording like good in good out like if it sounds good like with going in like with the effects and that's going to be the best the best thing. So yeah, just like making sure there's a good tone right off the bat for guitars and just everything. FMG was like super, uh, not necessarily experimental, but we showed up and we had like a super limited time and we only got to do things once. So I think everyone has a lot of things that we all learned from F- not that we are like looking down on I think that the vocals is something that I personally you know realized that I wanted to do differently going forward but yeah there are there are, there are always a lot of things that you learn from making an album that you know next time you're going to do it better 
you know that's just like life in general you know yeah. you just do things better the next time around or at least try to vocals coming from like f- feeling like they're coming from a, a place of con- conviction or like like from the heart just like really meaning it and feeling very vulnerable it's like it's it's kind of a hard thing to attain but i feel like yeah we're we're get we're getting better at that and i think on forward motion goddessy i think there is this there is a lot of that but for for me personally i feel like i did i was lacking a little bit there so just moving forward trying to just bear like just wear your heart on your sleeve and try and connect with people and show yourself as much as possible and people like that i like that in music when i can like really hear somebody's personality and like what they're feeling yeah yeah we all did the the vocals for the ep by ourselves which i think is like a something that works better for us whereas when we did the ones for fmg it was like a really hilarious like nerve-wracking sort of scenario where we were we built this like little blanket cave in this huge room and you're like in this cave feeling really uh exposed because everyone is just like right outside of this blanket listening to every little flub you make so yeah it was yeah the ep vocals are a lot you know there's not as many negative feelings attached to the way they were recorded it's funny you mention a blanket cave because that's currently where i'm situated now in my in my bedroom i've got like an audio booth made at a pillowcases and blankets and quilts and stuff yeah nice. that's, that's the way to do it <laughs> is that how you get you guys do it when you're at home as well you know when you were working on the vocals for the new ep were they done in a similar kind of way i should have set something yeah. up in my closet but i just did it right in front of my computer yeah same it's uh it's got that classic midwestern u.s uh room sound you know? <laughs> had you recorded vocals at home before in that way where it's just on your own, like you're sitting there with no one else in the room and kind of just trying to achieve that emotional, you know, conviction. Yeah, I've done that before, but not with, yeah, not with Post Animal, just like on my own. The vocals on everything before FMG, we did in like my bedroom. So when it's me, it was just me. And then everyone else, it usually was just me and whoever was singing, so. FM, like when we did it for Forward Motion Goddessy, we were kind of trying something that wasn't the bedroomy sort of thing. And I think we all realized that you get, you get more of like a personal take when you do it in your comfort zone. I mean, it does sound massive though. Where were you when you recorded that again? Because you went, I remember you went off somewhere, didn't you? Yeah, Big, big Sky, Montana. It was like in the the mountains. It's like what is it? Like north. Uh, it's northwest. Yeah. yeah. It's like maybe halfway to the west coast from Chicago, and it's like it's like the at the edge of like the plains area of the Midwest where it starts to get a little more mountainous. Yeah, it's definitely north. It was very cold and snowy and icy, but beautiful. How long were you up there for? Eight days. Man, eight days. How many songs did you do in eight days? We did everything that you hear. We recorded everything in eight days, which I think is why we kind of have these like lingering feelings about things we would do differently because we were, we were a little rushed, to be honest. Did that pressure have any positive impacts upon the record, you think? 
Uh, some. Like, I mean, it, it would make some moments where it was like, there's going to be like a guitar solo here. You don't know what the solo is. And so you're just kind of, but you got to do something and you're just going for it. When you're forced to make something happen, something cool can happen and, and you have to move on from it. And those, you know, just spur the moment impulse decisions. But yeah, on the other side of the coin, there's like the what could have been feeling. The, when you, the, yeah. the guitar solos actually are like turned out some of the best of all the stuff on there and it probably is because it was just like this um we were all like being crazy you know we it was like we had eight days and we were like basically waking up and starting recording within like an hour or so of waking up and then not stopping until it was about time to go to bed so we we were kind of we were all on a crazy super crazy like workhorse mentality we we honestly should have our friend who was helping us engineer it ty he was like trying to get us to take breaks and we were all saying no we should have took a couple breaks and like listened back we didn't really do much listening back not a whole lot yeah we felt the fire to to get it done and to make something happen i don't don't know yeah we were not very Probably not super calm about it, and uh, well, it was in the middle of our our touring. You know, we we had just gotten off tour, and we were about to go straight back on tour. We were all just kind of stressed, you know, normal stuff. Just being away from home and like being living on the road, and yeah, there were a lot of things. Was there any feeling of momentum as well? Like if you're kind of coming off a tour, you're going straight into that eight days, and there's this energy in the room where you're going, you know, you're getting up and you're working all the way through, and there's this kind of creativity crackling about did you get a sense of momentum from that or was it just the the stress there's definitely momentum as far as like motivation to do more and to do to do better to like always yeah just move forward with the process or get better yeah that kind of momentum we were very like technically tight at the time like we me and Wes did all the drum and bass takes live together and it was like fairly easy to do it. It only took like two, I mean, honestly, he's an amazing uh, drummer for like session style. He he hardly ever takes more than like a few takes. But yeah, in that sense, like we, we were all very synced up and like playing together. Like Javi and Matt did guitars together and Jake did the guitars live with them on a few songs. That kind of like tour tightness made things easy to get everything done so fast so yeah in that way there was definitely momentum and we were definitely yeah we were all jacked up we were yeah we were being intense (laughs) were the songs in pretty good shape when you took them there as well did you have a a reasonable idea of what they were going to be and where they needed to go and it was kind of just a case of recording or was there still quite a bit of room for experimentation uh i'd say there was a healthy amount of like mystery like a healthy amount of we don't know what's going to go here but yeah, that, it's fun to leave some of that for the, in the moment impulses. Mm-hmm. Did you co-produce this one as well, Dalton? Yeah, with uh, I mean, we we all kind of always produce it together, and then our friend Adam Tyne was mixing it at first, and then we kind of started co-mixing it way down the line. So yeah, both of us. Did Adam work on the first record with you as well? The first record he did like the more of like he he mixed the first song on castle that's his mix 
and then he played like synths on that intro and then he did a lot of like the more like editing sort of like he he did tuning and those kinds of things on castle but he the first time he like fully mixed like helped with the mixing was on forward motion Goddessy. how did your relationship with him kind of affect that then because it seems like you, you knew each other fairly well yeah he was there when we recorded i don't know if we've mentioned that so he he was there for the whole process and we've known i mean javi has known him for a long time and because of that we've all known him for quite a while too so yeah the relationship is always it's been it's been strong and growing yeah that was our first time doing something like together physically um and it just made us surprise together you know we learned from it and yeah like we're able to talk now and like think about what we could have done better and we're, we're all, we know we're proud of and uh, it's good it's just strengthened our relationship yeah adam's a, a genius really in a lot of different musical ways how did you know him previously javi i, I met adam in 2011 at a music store in minneapolis and I just heard him playing the bass and he was really, really, really good. And so I exchanged numbers with him and we started jamming and then ended up creating a lot of music together. And he's just always been like a, a team player. He's always been like a, an asset to the team. He, yeah, he's, he's really talented. He's tech savvy. He's, a, he's really good at composing and he's really good at mixing and production and stuff. Has your relationship with him changed quite a lot as a result of working with him on music together? Just in the sense that we've grown closer, like in that respect, I guess, and in as humans, as people, as friends. Um, the, our relationship is like founded on music. So it's like, that's just what, that's like our normal, that's our standard. And so, I, don't, I mean, we're, we've been able to be more honest with each other. Like maybe at, you know, the first few years we were playing together or something, like I wouldn't, we gelled musically, but I would just, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, maybe not that idea, but now I can be like, yeah, let's not do that. Let's do the, you know, that, just that comfort of, of like being honest. But that, yeah. What sort of conversations did you initially have with him about this record and what you wanted from it? And what, yeah, I mean, what both of you wanted to achieve with it? We were listening to music like, it was a long, a super long drive to get to Montana. We talked a lot about different production things that we thought would be cool. But then honestly, once we got to the place we were recording, is we just made the most of that space. It was like a huge open room that we decided to record in. So I think that's where like all the big sound comes from. We, we used a lot of room mics. And it's just like a normal house, so it wasn't acoustically treated or anything. But yeah, I mean, I, I've gotten very close with Adam as far as like, you know, he's he's taught me so much about mixing and recording. I mean, most of the stuff that I know now that's like the more professional side of my abilities, It's that's all from learning from Adam. You know, he's he's always been like such a helpful guy. He has no ego really about making it his thing. Like he, when it came time that we wanted to like share the mixing duties because there were some things we wanted to be closer to the way our old music sounded, he he was like all for it. You know, we he's he has no ego up as far as him mixing it or me mixing it or vice versa. You mentioned there about the house as well and how it, you know it wasn't treated or anything. 
was that the same case for the first record when you went to that kind of it's like a late cast wasn't it yeah yeah same thing that that was a lot smaller though that was like a, a very quaint living room they're both living rooms i guess one was huge and one was pretty small but yeah never never treated we had uh gobos at this one in montana i'm not even sure really if they did much because we the room was so big and we only had them on the ground so yeah who knows but then when we did it at the lake house we like had a bunch of pillows and stuff that we would put down on the like by the drum kit to pick up some of like the metallic resonance where did the idea initially come from to go to like a place that wasn't treated and just go to a house and kind of immerse yourself in it and you know record some music i don't know it was just like we were doing it in the bedroom we wanted to get out of chicago to like kind of have a fresh vantage point i don't it's never really been about like you know we eventually we well we have like a studio now that we can fortunately work out of but it's never really been about like getting crazy good quality on our albums usually we've just been like trying to capture something unique i guess or just like you know whatever we can do will sound good enough you know i think that the character of the places where we recorded in has just always been something that we thought was kind of cool you know yeah there's there's a certain part of like recording history that is like kind of like, like fans will go off to a certain destination and record like the red hot chili peppers documentary blood sugar sex magic in 1992 they went to that house in la and did that whole record for like a couple months and like you know led zeppelin did it and a bunch of it's just been like a huge thing that bands have done so i think i always looked up to that and it's just fun to make a trip out of it it, it makes it kind of like voyeur voyeuristic or like kind of like like adventurous and different. It seems like the locations you chose as well seem to match up with the kind of tone of the album. You know, with the first one, it's the slightly kind of more carefree thing and that was kind of reflected and you're going away to this summery lake house. And the second one, you've got this massive kind of soundscape and you're going up into the mountains to record it. Yeah, no, you totally. And then for this one, we did it all by ourselves in our apartment. It all, yeah, weirdly, it does kind of match up to the, the mood of the of the, the the records and hopefully we keep doing that it's like the chicken or the egg you know yeah. did it sound like that because of the place or did we go to the place because of the music it's probably a fair bit of both were there any ghosts at the second one i don't think this was a new house yeah I know. this was built in like the past few years maybe like 2016 so not much time for i don't, yeah, I don't think there are many souls lingering I saw there was a there was a weird night where we saw a fox really late one night at a time that's like kind of significant personally. So it wasn't like a ghost, but there's still like there's always like it's almost like you kind of like trick yourself into seeing something that is like significant in that supernatural way. What what, what actually was it with a ghost at the first one? Because I, I couldn't find something to kind of clear the story up fully. What was it? What was it that was going on there? There's a there's a few different things, you know. It was uh, so it it was like our friend whose house it was told us that it was haunted before we went. I think mm-hmm. so. It was like we were set up to like 
be aware that and everything was fine and normal but then i there was i think somebody was taking a nap in this specific bedroom and like had a weird dream one night where they were like grabbed and they like felt in real life they felt like they had been grabbed and there was another night where like a lamp like things that are really stable just like all of a sudden fell off this nightstand i was laying in this doorway one night and it was after we had been talking about ghostly stuff so I, you know who knows if if it really happened but i just kind of like felt like i was like pushed out of somebody's way so then i started sleeping under this table and then i think that joe or somebody saw a figure like so this house is like across the street from the lake and he like saw this figure across the street by the lake in like a dress i don't know it was actually like really scary there's also a part on like 100% no bs there's a part on the song heart made of metal where something got recorded in reverse which is pretty weird i mean that's never happened to me doing anything else like i've never recorded something and then it came out in reverse you know so there's some weird little like things that were happening that sounds pretty spooky were you recording a tape no it was a still a computer yeah i don't know how to because it's like sometimes if you record in ableton and then you warp it like to tempo or whatever there is like some weird artifacts but it's literally none of that and it's the when you look at the file like the transients look normal but when you play it back it has this weird reverse glitch i couldn't get rid of it it's like stays in there but yeah it's weird and that's that was also like a weird song for that to happen on a lot of those songs we're like playing four guitars at the same time super loud in this house and it's like if there is a ghost there we are probably really pissing it off at that point have you ever seen a ghost anywhere else like outside of that experience no not not me. No, yeah, not really. Do you tend to believe in them, or do you think it's maybe just a coincidence? I believe. I believe in them. I haven't had like a very, very like potent experience. Like I haven't like had the jaw dropping. Like oh my god, that's it. That's that experience. But little things. It's always really small. So I, I, I do. I believe. I believe that it happens. There's some mystery in the world. You know, we don't know everything. It's interesting what you were saying though about that. You say it was a symbol effect that was kind of rewound backwards when you recorded it. Yeah. Did you have anything like that on the second record? Just a kind of wee mistake that you left in that kind of just added a little bit of character and personality and flavor to the album. What is it? Is there anything that's like? I mean, the guitar solo involved in in um, in a paradise is pretty wacky. Like it's it's not a mistake, but it's pretty crazy sounding. But no, nothing like accident that just appeared recording. I don't think so yeah i don't think they're trying to think if there's anything we did that like was an accident but with the recording process for i mean when we did castle it was just me but like dude we were like it was so casual like we were like going swimming playing catch like drinking smoking but when we did fmg it was like we were kind of letting Adam and our friend Ty like run the show and everything was like very intentional and we were like catching mistakes at a very early point. 
So yeah, I think it. I don't think there's anything really. There's like a some of the effects aren't by accident, but they're like kind of like cool thing sound design things that Adam captured, like closing the door to this garage and then reversing that. There's like some sound design stuff that Adam did that is a result of like the acoustic spaces in that house, which is kind of cool. It's not an accident, but still has the character of that spot. Yeah, you're almost just incorporating a little bit of location into it quite literally. Yeah, exactly. How would you say the rhythm of this new record differs as well? Like if you kind of compare it to the first one, how would you describe the rhythm of the second one? The rhythm? Yeah, just in terms of the kind of pace of it. Like it feels like Goddessy moves at a slightly different speed and kind of flow. Yeah, it's 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 like way more it's really calm for the first song, I think. But I guess so is the first song on the, the on When I Think of Jenny Castle. Like, they have a pretty similar because it's it goes from the acoustic thing into gelatin mode and it goes to post animal so it's similar but that goes yeah post animal is like this certain kind of like modern rock kind of dark ishness that wasn't on like it's huge thanks it's just different it's just there there's just this light kind of fun poppiness to when i think of in a castle but I can hear that we're just, we really, there's no care in the world. I can really hear that mm-hmm. uh, in, in a lot of the riffs. Ra- Ralphie, that riff, Gelatin Mode, Tire Eyes. They just have this, like, it's just, we're just having fun. And then, whereas, yeah, Forward Motion Guys, it sounds way more serious and maybe less, like, strictly fun. They're structured, like, kind of similarly, to be honest, but. Forward Motion Goddessy is just much more of an extreme in all different directions. Yeah. I mean, it's got more of a weight about it as well. Like what you were saying there about the first one being so carefree, when you think of Forward Motion Goddessy, it kind of carries a little bit more heaviness around it. Kind of in the context and both just the sounds of it too. Yeah, definitely. When did that first start to creep into the songwriting? Ooh. Um... Well, Castle was uh, recorded in 2016 we had like three years of personal growth that went into the way everyone approached for motion goddesses and i think the world just like or maybe it's just us growing older so then we see the world more clearly but i think that there are just a lot of things going on for years and years now that have kind of made us feel like we need to be a little more serious and intentional about certain things you know yeah the world's definitely not in the same spot it was in 2016 things have kind of amped up quite a bit since then and a lot of i mean was trump even in when you guys made that first record if you did it in the summer well he it was a joke you know to be frank it it was like he was uh running for the nomination still i think but it's, you know, we, everyone like, I mean, we were in such a bubble in Chicago that we were kind of out of touch with the way that, you know, non-major or metropolitan areas were heading in. Now that I've been, I've been back where I grew up at the start of this year during quarantine. So I've seen like a lot more of the rural side of America and it makes sense. But yeah, no, it wasn't really a thing. It wasn't like a politics as a whole, we're like not that 
interesting. I mean, we all love Bernie back then, you know, we all voted for Bernie in the primary, but when he got knocked off, you know, none of us really were thinking very much about it. And for the past like four years now or three years or so, it's just been a lot different. And we can see how a lot of it's just, we can just see how it impacts people's lives, all this stuff that goes on, you know. In what sort of way? For someone who's, you know, not on the ground in America and is across the other side of the Atlantic Ocean, what are you kind of saying that's making you realize that? I mean, it's something that you always, you always have known growing up in America, like things that you always see, like, you know, hidden racism and, you know, like, it, you know, you, as a, like a, a person who like, grows up in rural America, like, are allowed to have these feelings about other people without actually like knowing them and without actually having to like see them. But like when you come to a big city, you know, everyone's living together. So I think that uh, that has a lot to do with like the paradigm shift between the two. How did you find going back to, you know, rural America at the start of this year? It was actually good. The town that I'm from is not super like, it's it's actually like a, a bit more urban than a lot of other places. And it's very, very diverse. There's like a, a lot of different kinds of people. But I mean, the, the way that a lot of cities are structured here is like very kind of like segregated too. So it's, it's just always like, you know, I don't know. I think we've all just kind of like really realized how good some people have it and how bad some other people have it. I mean, just racially speaking and also, you know, class-wise. It's reflected in the music as well when you think about how, you know, kind of intensely personal the lyrics of this new record feel. Definitely. I mean, it's just a lot of growth. You know, I think between Castle and FMG, there was a lot of growth and a lot of more, like, question. We were asking ourselves a lot more questions. Personally or kind of externally? You know, looking at the world, asking yourself more questions or looking inside and kind of asking more about what was going on inside? Well, it's really, but definitely, like, the whole... Because, I mean, we Brexit was covered here, like, very in-depth, as I'm sure, like, the U.S. election has gotten coverage there. So it's, like, it, the whole, like, Cambridge Analytica, like, all that stuff... I don't know, just as the the way the world has been trending or like the way that at least the media has been like making things seem, it's been very like doom. There's been a lot of like impending doom for, I mean, especially this year, but a lot of people have been feeling that for a while. And I think a lot of the the darkness and moodiness of FMG is kind of a reflection of that. Did you watch the Cambridge Analytica doc on Netflix? I know you're speaking there about Brexit and stuff in, in regards to it. Yeah, I watched, uh, I watched, so, I mean, I, I think everyone's kind of seen the social dilemma and then that. I watched that one called The Great Hack. Terrifying. It, it really, really is, you know? I mean, in the way that information and the internet is being used, I think that's like a lot of, personally, where uh, like a lot of things that change with me is like, I kind of like have been going crazy, just like all the different ways that you can be manipulated by social media is it's just insane it's been going on for a long time now but now we're like finally it's out in the open and we're all talking about it but yeah i mean being manipulated and not even realizing it exactly yeah i mean that's like i feel like that's that's a huge one 
how do you combat that in your daily life? <laughs> it's facing out. No, it's like uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, who knows? I, I, you have a therapist. You know, you gotta, maybe we'll know in like five years or so. But you know, I think a lot of people struggle with not letting it affect their daily life. I mean, you, you mentioned a few minutes back. You know, you were speaking about asking yourself questions both internally and externally which did you ask first did you start thinking about things internally first or do you start asking questions about the world more first it's always been a thing to be like uh, asking yourself questions but we all came into like voting age at the end of obama's presidency so we weren't paying like a huge attention to politics and i think the way that brexit and the and there's in South America, there's been like, I don't like, it's like these things that probably have been going on for a long time, but now are like very apparent all throughout like the media and everything. So I th- that like whole like 2016, 2017, like kind of like paradigm shift was really the spark of asking questions about the world for me personally, you know, but I mean, there were always things that were messed up in the U.S. It's like crazy to me that people are like combating any of the criticisms of the U.S. that have come out over this past year. It's like, dude, these things have been here for a long time. Yeah. I mean, it must be pretty terrifying as well when you kind of look and you see people standing outside polling stations shouting stop the count. Like people almost trying to oppose their own democracy. It's yeah, it's... bizarre and terrifying at the same time. Totally. It's a, it's really like a, a shame, you know, it's like a, the whole manipulation thing. You know, I don't, I don't think that a certain part of me is like, wants to, you know, be sympathetic to people who are like being made to do those kinds of things because like, you know, who knows what the truth is. I don't think any of us will ever know what the truth is, but like, you know, people who have two different ideas of what's true and what's not recently and like the fact that they're being persuaded to like kind of get violent on both sides is really like just uh that's yeah it's just scary yeah that must be tough as well i mean when you think about music being this thing that's completely about honesty living in a world where we're, where we don't know what the truth is is that is that made more difficult i think it's it's pretty uh it's easy to be honest with yourself you know that's like that's kind of like been like a sense of pride for a, a lot of people. I think that's the first step to like healing as like a you know a general society because it's you know it's you gotta be real with yourself first and then you can help with other things you know so it's it's as an artist it's you know thank God for art because you can have a chance to really like check yourself have you always been honest with yourself is that always something you've had or is it something you kind of built toward and worked at uh no i mean i've i've actually been like really lame and abusive and like neglectful at many points in my life so it's you know it's it's like a learning thing you know i'm getting like kind of old so i'm starting to finally be able to like have the courage to be honest with myself about a lot of things but yeah no I, I think that in a lot of ways like there there are many times in my life where I was not honest with myself about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it 
I mean, it's difficult as well, though. Like, if you're if you're going through an internal struggle in any way, you can make decisions based off the mindset you're in at that point that you look back and regret later. But at that time, it was kind of just a way of coping with it, maybe. Totally. It's yeah. I mean, you you, you don't want to beat yourself up, but you do gotta like you know you gotta be honest with yourself about the bad sides of yourself. You know. Has creating music made it easier to do that for you? Like, if you're really honest, like we were speaking about, how that last record is so kind of specific and it's. And it's honesty. If you're able to be honest in your music, does it make it easier to be honest in life? Yes, totally. Because music is, it's like writing in your journal, kind of. It's like a more decorated version of that. Being, you know, the more expressive you are, honestly, I think you, you just get to know yourself more. It, you, you get a through line to your soul and how you actually feel and so you you're just you have a better awareness of who you actually are and how you actually feel so you can just be more honest with yourself how has music most changed your understanding of yourself the i can't hide from who i am i guess yeah trying to do something else is just ugly not ugly but yeah kind of ugly it's kind of trying to trying to be not you is ugly it just looks it's weird it sounds weird it doesn't, yeah. it's just not right. It doesn't sound right. I think like singing especially is like, you know, if you're singing and you're not being true to your feelings, it's very apparent. Have you always been able to be, you know, true to your feelings in your singing? Not until maybe like my early 20s when I was like accepting like the high voice and yeah, I think like I, I liked voices that were kind of crackly and like lower and more of a rock sounding and I don't have that and so <laughs> no, that is so true. So like getting coming to like that, you know, yeah, mo- mostly in like the past like four or five years, been able to be like, you know what, this is what I got. This is what my intuition tells me to do. This is what sounds the best. Yeah, I'm just gonna, yeah, gotta just go for it. Yeah. That's probably why something like Caving In hits with such emotional impact, though. Yeah, that, and that's, that's my, that's my hope. Trying to, well, yeah, thank you, first of all. And like, just, just trying to be real and like get that, just be your, yeah, it's just like not even trying actually, just do, just doing it, just being it and, and doing it in front of the, the microphone, doing it like well. It's it's it can be tough to to catch catch that, but it's exciting when you do. And yeah, my only hope is that people hear it and kind of can feel a little bit of it, and like also enjoy the enjoy the sound of it. Yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.